Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Praise God. Good morning, amazing ones. Oh, so good seeing you again. As Pastor Cameron said, you have the privilege to have Putin on the stage this morning, okay? <laughs> you know, I have this Slavic uh, future, so uh, uh, like few times, uh, the, the customs, you know, the borders, yeah, really, like crossing Romania, and the guy was staring at me, he was like, are you Putin? And I say, I wish, you know, to have a free pass. But unfortunately, (laughs) uh, yeah, (laughs) amen. But thank you very much for this great opportunity to be with you, to share the gospel and to stand on this platform as worthy for his service and ministry in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, this morning, I want to share with you a power pack of revelation and... uh, which God has revealed to me. I haven't read it in books and, you know, no one told me this. But uh, in my personal time with God, he opened his treasure house. I just want to encourage you, you know, to be always thirsty and hungry, to, to read the Bible and to spend time with the Lord because the Bible says in him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. And I I really believe every one of us, you know, needs to know more and to understand more. And actually, Jesus says, this is eternal life, to know you, to know God. Not know about God, but to know God. And you cannot know someone without what? Without spending personal, intimate time with Him. Amen? So if you know God more, He's always welcome i mean he's always open to welcome you and to have you in his embrace and to pour out more affection love and grace upon you and power and strength amen thank you lord so i want to share about the gospel of the three days and uh i know you've never heard about that okay but the gospel actually consists of what Christ accomplished for us in the frame of three days. The gospel doesn't consist of what he accomplished on, on the first day, on the second day. But actually, it's a, it's, a, 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 it's a result which came, uh, you know, uh, as a gift of what he accomplished in the frame of these three days. So, day one... Uh, let, let me read the scripture. Let me read the scripture. This is First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. Paul talking. Uh, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach. This is the gospel which Paul preached. I preach unto you which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. By which gospel also... Ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's the first day, okay, day one. And that he was buried 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So Paul is uh, putting on display and clearly, uh, clearly declaring in these scriptures that the gospel consists and all the results Christ accomplished for us, they consist in what he has worth for us in those three days. So this is the thing. Uh, many people today, they believe that uh, Christ saved us, you know, on day one through being crucified on the cross. Well, that's partially true, but that's not the whole truth. Because day one, Christ dying on the cross deals only with forgiveness. You see, your sins are being forgiven. Uh, you know, the enmity is taken away. And uh, your old man, your, 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 your old nature uh, was kind of a transferred and imputed into Christ. And he nailed it on the cross. Okay. But you see, you, still, you are still a dead, dead corpse. Because the next day, the Bible says Christ spent a whole day buried in the tomb. His body. So, you, you see, day one and day two, they don't give, they don't inject life into that dead corpse. But we were supposed to be resurrected. So, you see, the gospel consists in the uh, uh, Christ crucifixion. Then Christ being buried, not on his behalf, on your behalf. You see, that, um, Christ didn't die just... For you. Okay. Christ actually died as you. As your representator on the cross. Because as you know. He didn't deserve that death. That punishment. He, he was the righteous and the holy lamb of God. Who died on that cross. You know. Was the sinner in you. Was the rebellious sinful nature. And uh, Paul is declaring in the New Testament at least like 10 times, you know, is declaring that, uh, that, that that old self, you know, was crucified and nailed on the cross and done away. Amen. Praise God. But then God took it and buried into the tomb, you know, and on the third day, Christ victoriously rose from the dead as a new creation, you know, on our behalf. And from that moment on, you know, the whole story of humanity was turned from desperation into victory, into glorious triumph over sin and over death in the face of his resurrection. Because he was resurrected not only as the Lord God, but he was resurrected as the Son of Man. And usually we cannot figure it out and we don't understand much. And this is the problem. That, that's where the problem comes from. Because we usually as humans used to identify ourselves with our bodies. And it's all about the body, the, the human body, you know. But you are actually not the body. The body is your earthly tent. It's your earthly house in which someone resides and dwells, okay? Your true identity is not the body. The physical body is just the house in which, you know, someone uh, abides and, and, and takes dwelling. And uh, man is made after the image 
in the likeness of God. The Bible says God is a spirit. Amen. So men being made after the likeness and the, uh, the, 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 the image of God is also a spiritual being. But since men trespass in the face of Adam, the, 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 the face of the first Adam, you know. So that spiritual death, you know. After he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says he lived like 800, 900 years, you know. He didn't die the same day, but something else in him died. That was the spiritual self, you know, and the connection with the Lord because the Lord is a spirit. So man was divided by that spiritual death until Christ came paid the price, died for us, rose on the third day, and sent His Holy Spirit so you may be born again, born anew from above, resurrected on the inside. So what died on the cross, you know, it wasn't your body, definitely, because you still, you still have the same body. When you got born again and saved, you know, God didn't took your body, you know, and nailed it on the cross. He took your old rebellious spiritual nature the old man in the heart you know that he took it from you circumcised it nailed it on the cross and because of your faith in christ jesus he sent a new heart a new man that's the spiritual one after the image and the likeness of christ and you are born again and he deposited his own spirit the spirit of his son so you are born again creature you have a new nature which is a spiritual one the day you got born again, you still had the same color of hair, the same face, the same futures, the same level of knowledge. But something else happened on the inside in the spirit and that's where the difference comes from. So you see, being nailed and crucified with Jesus has nothing to do with your body, but has everything to do with your spiritual old nature Colossians through Paul says that he nailed it on the cross. Praise God. But you know, the good news doesn't stop there. You are not just crucified, you know, and, and, and dead. He took that thing, you know, and put it in the tomb and buried it with him. That's why Christ had to go not only through a crucifixion, but he also had to go through a burial. And, you know, it's interesting that I, I can read some scriptures for you, you know, that Paul is always mentioning that we didn't went only through a crucifixion, the act of crucifixion, but we went also uh, through the act of being buried together with Christ. Isn't that amazing? Someone would go like, why it's so important? It is important because uh, this deals with your past. Being a new creation, it means you have never been in existence before. That's the good news. And here's the problem, you know, some people are still so focused on their past, you know, that they're totally overwhelmed what the enemy did to them and what the enemy accomplished in their past and how bad it was and how they uh, de deal with me in the past. I understand and I have pity on you. But you know what? Praise the Lord that he took that old life. He took that old experience. He took that everything. He 
he nailed it to the cross, buried it in the tomb, and he gave you a brand new existence, never been in existence before, an identity which had nothing to do. He had separated you from your old experiences in life, so-called death and sin and the devil. Now you are married to another and you belong to another who is the resurrected from the death. You are no more related to the devil spiritually. The Bible says that the enemy, the evil one, doesn't touch him. And you go like, boy, I had a lot of, you know, uh, attacks and, and challenges in my life, all kind of. Yes, but the spiritual man belongs to the Lord. He is righteous and holy, and the enemy has nothing to do because the Bible says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You are sealed, and he never leaves. The Holy Spirit never leaves, praise God. He is made one spirit with the Lord. The one who is united with God is one spirit with Him. Oh, thank, that's so, so, I mean, so vast, so glorious, you know. These, these 45 minutes is just not sufficient to put on display what God has. The whole gospel actually is about what the good news is about that glorious new existence you know, being resurrected together with Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when I started, you know, studying the gospel of the three days, and I realized that the gospel doesn't consist of one day only, you know, what took place on the cross, but actually three days, because the second day also is very important, being baptized this is a, a New Testament term. Being baptized unto his death. What, what does it mean? You know, I will give you a short example. You know, archaeology archeolog uh, uh, is still digging out and finding new, new evidences about uh, the uh, historical evidences of the history of Israel. You know, the scriptures and all kind of things like that. Proving and establishing the truth of the gospel. So recently they found out some papyruses, papyruses, you know, in, in Israel uh, used to belong to an insurance company insuring uh, ships. Uh, they had insurance at that time, so uh, whatever the cargo of the ship and the ship would be insured, if something happens, you know, they will repay. So they had these in the old days also. But it's very interesting that uh, uh, the insurance company will not pay you back until it is proven that the sink, uh, yeah, not the sink, but the, the ship has sunk, you know, and, and, and it's destroyed. It is just went through shipwreck. Okay, but the term they are using for the ship being sunk is very interesting. It's the, the Greek word baptizo from where the world being baptized comes from. Isn't that interesting? The insurance company, you know, was using that terminology for de declaring and proving that the ship doesn't exist anymore. It is buried. It has sunk deep and it's no more. So you see, the second day is as important and has power over your life in the same way as the first one. And usually we put the whole emphasis on the first day and the cross, which I totally appreciate and I know. But it's a glorious beginning, but it's not a glorious end. Praise God. The end is way more glorious because after the crucifixion, we have been baptized into Christ's death and you are, the old man is no more. Amen. You have been baptized into his death and he has signed it with his blood. 
and that that tomb he spent a whole day proved it that you know only dead people are buried amen and if you are buried into Christ, it means you are no more. Don't deal with the old man. That's the message. Deal with the new one, the glorious one who is after the image and the likeness of Christ. That's a new day. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So when I started studying this matter, you know, I was blown away. And, and, still, and still developing and growing up into that revelation to see that actually... The significance and power of the three days is spread all over the Bible from Genesis even to Revelation. And it's still, as I told you, still growing up in me. But I had a list of revelations and, and messages, you know, hidden in the scriptures. Because uh, you see, uh, Paul is mentioning in the book of Corinthians that Christ died and was buried according to the scriptures. So it means at that time they didn't have the New Testament. Amen. So it means that this message of Christ is hidden somewhere in the scriptures of the Old Testament. And actually I want to reveal some of them uh, as long as the time allows me. You know about the power, the significance and the gospel revealed in the scriptures about the three days which Jesus you know, uh, uh, went through on our behalf. Amen. So let us start with the book of Genesis. And that's the, the, the first place where you can see the significance of the three days. The, the book of Genesis during the time of the creation in the very first chapter. So what happened on the first day? The first, uh, not third day, but the first day God called out light. Amen. Light into existence. Do you understand that speaks about Jesus? There was no light in our world of sin and, 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 and death, you know, until Christ came. He was the light of the world. And the Bible says the people who are sitting in deep darkness, you know, they saw great light. So this first day speaks about the appearance of Christ and the manifestation. And everything he did for us, you know, I don't have time for every small detail. But what happened on the third day during the time of the creation? On the third day, that's very interesting, God separated the land, you know, the dry land from the waters. And dry land, the Bible says, appeared first time. And that dry land was appointed. It was a new creation, actually. Never been in existence before. Everything was one, you know, uh, mass of uh, uh, mixture together, you know, somehow. But God separated it. The waters withdrew and land appeared first time. And that land, the next day, God commanded and appointed to bring forth fruit. And it was appointed to fruitfulness. So on the third day, it speaks about a new creation appearing, which is appointed to fruitfulness, speaks about us. That when Christ was resurrected from the dead, you know what? He met his disciples and the Bible says he breathed upon them and he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Isn't that amazing? From that moment we got united and we had a free access to the heavenly Father and to the heavenly God. And we... God appointed by Christ to bring forth 
fruit from now on. We are not appointed anymore to deal with darkness, but with the spiritual light of His Son. And we are appointed unto abundant fruit and fruitfulness, being capable, separated, you know, from the waters of baptism. We came out as a new creation, newborn, and God on the next day commands, be fruitful, multiply, and bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's proceed further. Uh, uh, Something very interesting in Genesis chapter 8 verse 4 speaks about the ark of, of Noah. You know the story of the flood. Amen. You are well familiar. Okay, so after all the flood, you know, baptized the whole earth, you know, and killed everything which was evil and ugly and, 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 and just distorted, you know, of the results of sin. You know, finally, uh, you know, the ark of Noah was the vehicle through which God saved Noah's family. But the Bible says something very interesting. Listen to the on the seventh month, in the seventh month, this is Genesis 8. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested, rested upon the mountains of Ararat. I know you, you don't get it. Me too, you know. But praise God for the five-old ministry. Amen. That's why I'm here to, to, to explain the matter. So what is this, this month, uh, the seventh month important with and, and, and the 17th day? Why these dates are given to us? It is very specific, you know. And also the, the name of the place where the ark uh, rested after the, the, the flood, you know, di di disappeared. So, first of all, the seventh month is the month of the Hebrew calendar in the land of Egypt. When God was ready to take Israel out of Egypt, He shifted and turned the calendar, you know, from the Egypt, separated from the Egypt calendar and gave Him a new calendar. And at the seventh month actually became the month of the Nisan, became the first month. Okay, and uh, on the 14th day, listen to this, on the 14th day of that month, seventh month, but now it is the first month for Israel. On the 14th day, they celebrated the, the meal, the Passover meal, the so-called the, the, the Passover. They ate and, uh, and, and, and sacrificed it. God delivered them and sent them out of Egypt, you know, so... That's the 14th day. So three days later, not three days, but on the third day later is the date of the 17th. Okay, if Christ is our Passover, as the New Testament says, you know, he was crucified for us on the day of the Passover meal. Okay, he was crucified and died for us. He was buried. And on the 17th day, what happens? He, he, three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. And he was established, you know, he ascended to heaven on high. And he was established and seated together beside the right side of the Father as a king and as savior of the whole world. Praise God. And uh, you see, the ark which was the vehicle and the mean of salvation represents Christ because we were saved through Christ on the cross, which is a wooden, you know, mean. 
and, and vehicle. But uh, the, the amazing thing is the name Ararat, translated from Hebrew to English, means literally the curse is reversed. Curse has been reversed. From now on, you are going to be from curse to a blessing. You are blessed because what you say it's very simple. Christ, the Bible says, uh, became cur- a curse for us so we might be qualified to receive the blessing given to Abraham. Amen. So the seventh month, the seventeenth day, actually speaks speaks about the day of resurrection, and you see the gospel of the three days hidden all over the scriptures. You know, and as I told you, it's not just the crucifixion, but the resurrection, because God injected His eternal life into you, and you are indestructible. Praise God! Nothing can stop you. Thank you, Lord. Let, let us proceed further. So the next story is also very significant. Isaac and Abraham. Okay, you know how God tested Abraham to offer his son Isaac. But it is very interesting that he, he, Isaac was not offered in the backyard of his tent, you know. But he had to take a long journey, which took how many days? Three days. Three days. So Isaac on the third day, you know, on the third day, uh, was offered on the mountain top by Abraham, and then he wasn't offered, okay, but almost the brink of being offered, and God immediately provided substitution, you know, uh, as a ram, uh, you know, and, and he, he uh, actually, Isaac was resurrected sim- symbolically from the dead, you know, and it represents whom? It pre- represents the beloved son of God the Father who was offered on the altar of Golgotha for us and on behalf of us. So the next day, you know, he, they're coming down. And the fourth day, you know, Isaac is a new creation. Isaac is a, he, he has been through this altar of death, but he was being sim- symbolically resurrected from the dead. And it took three days. That, that's an amazing story. You see the mark. You see, you see the, the, the threat of the, the three days all over the scriptures. Okay. Next three days is a distance of the impossible. The distance of the impossible being miraculously, you know, shortened by by Jacob. You know the story of Jacob and his uncle Laban. How they separated the sheep, you know, in such a way that, uh, uh, and the goats. Because uh, Laban, the Bible says, he put a, a distance of three days journey between his flock and his sheep and the flock and the sheep of Jacob. So there was no possibility between them to to uh, uh, to to make so to uh, yeah to to breathe, and uh, that distance was mi- by, by miraculously you know uh, uh, just overcome by 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 what the act of Jacob you know peeling these branches. He took fresh. Uh, I don't know the names of the trees, you know, that's not important. But he peeled the bark and made marks and exposed, the Bible says, the white of the inner structure of the branches and put them in the troughs where the the, the animals were coming to drink water and they were breeding. And what they were seeing, you know, these these, uh, spotted 
uh, you know, marks and stripes. And they, they were able to conceive miraculously and supernaturally what was beyond uh, uh, their capability three days away found in the face of Laban's flock. And it speaks that in the face of Jesus, the branch who was exposed on the cross, beaten for us by his stripes, you know, his blood flew and pierced for us and, and scorched for us. You know, he went through that, but seeing his image, we are able to conceive by, by being, by faith, you know, just receiving and, and as he was the, the serpent on the cross. The Bible says, whoever looks on the serpent, you know, on the cross will be able to get rid of his struggles and sicknesses and all kind of things. The, the fiery serpents were killing them in the desert. And just looking on Jesus, you know, miraculously, God is uh, uh, just uh, that distance. That distance which was standing between us and God, separated from him, separated from the, the, the covenant, you know. Through, through the Lamb of God, through Jesus Christ, the branch. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what, what God did in His body and performed in His body actually, actually is giving us access and the distance is taken away and we are made one. So you know the story. All the sheep of Jacob, you know, they became as the same image as the sheep uh, of Laban. Without even... Uh, spotted and in stripes without even uh, having uh, any relationship. And, and that's, that's our result. You know, we are Christ's image. Amen. We have the image of Christ because of what we have drunk by the, 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 the waters, the living waters of the Spirit. You know, we conceive by the Spirit and we carry the same message. Amen. But that three days, you see, why not two days? Why not four days? The distance between uh, the possible and the impossible was three days. But praise God, by the miraculous power of God and faith, you know, this distance was shortened and boom, they had results and he overcame. Amen. Praise God. Okay. The, the, the next important, uh, next uh, three days, which are also very important, is uh, let me read the scripture. Exodus 5.3. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews, this is uh, Moses and Aaron talking. The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Thus they set out from the mount of the Lord. Three days journey, that's Numbers 10.33. Thus they set out from the mount of the Lord three days journey with the ark of the covenant of the Lord journeying in front of them for the three days to seek out a resting place for them. Isn't that powerful? Why three days? Because it points to Jesus. Points to the death the burial and this resurrection of our Lord Jesus, that we belong to Egypt. Pharaoh, Satan, the power of sin and death was taking advantage of our weakness and ruling over us. But praise God, through the Passover meal, through the sacrificial, you know, act of, of Jesus and God the Father offering His Son, 
you know, he sent us away. He took us away from the house of slavery, which is Egypt and the world. And he has translated us and transferred. How long is the distance between the natural and the supernatural? Between the defeat and the victory. Between death and life. It is three days. Three days. In the moment they crossed that distance, they were a new creation, you know. They, they, they had been translated out of the slavery into the glorious uh, 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 presence of God, the pillar and the cloud, you know. And the manna was present every day. And they become a new creation, children of the Most High God, the Son of God, Israel, the firstborn. Praise God speaks about Christ and Jesus. You see our distance that we don't mingle anymore with the world, with Satan, with death and sin, because there is a big, huge different distance, excuse me, between us and the old found in these three days Jesus accomplished and paid for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Okay, then they proceeded further and they came to the River Jordan, the second generation, you know. They came to the river Jordan led by God, ready to enter where? Finally, into the promised land, into their rest, which speaks about what Christ paid and accomplished for us. Okay, and this is found in Joshua chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. It says, at the end of the three days, did you hear that? At the end of the three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. That's so powerful. After It took three days to stand and camp. And after these three days were exhausted, Rise up and cross because God is leading you into the, your promised land, into the fulfillment. God is leading you into a new abode and a sphere of new existence miraculously. In the moment the ark of God, you know, entered through the priest in, in, in the river Jordan, miraculously it was separated, you know, and the water stood up and they went and crossed on dry land, which speaks about once Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, from the dead. God stopped that flow, that barrier, that hindrance between us, the natural and the supernatural life and death. And we were entered through Him, you know, new way. The Bible says through the new and living way to enter into the promises and eternal life. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice in the power of the third day. Rejoice in the victory of Christ because it belongs to you. It leads you further. Doesn't, uh, doesn't leave you like, oh, I'm just a forgiven sinner. You used to be. Yes, I agree. But you are more than that. You used to be a forgiven sinner on the first day. Then that forgiven sinner was brought and buried into the tomb. And on the third day, you got being united in his resurrection, being resurrected together. 
Romans 7, 4 says, you've been, uh, uh, you know, united in his burial unto death. So you may belong and be married to another. Who is he? The resurrected from the dead. So you may bear fruit to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Resurrected from our justification. Yeah, that's what Paul says. He was crucified and buried, you know, for our sins. Amen. But resurrected for for our justification. And you are not just a forgiven sinner anymore. You are actually declared to be justified and made righteous. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Leviticus 19. That's very interesting too. Leviticus 19.5. Okay. Sacrifice. Uh, required to be consumed in the frame of three days. Okay, listen to this. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings, that's very important. Peace offerings, not sin offering or some other offering. Peace offering means you are brought in peace with God. Amen. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings, let me remind you, He is our peace. Jesus Christ, who made the two one by destroying the enmity in him. Amen? Okay. So, when you offer a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it or on the day after. And anything left over until the third day shall be burned up with fire. If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is tainted. It will not be accepted. You see, why in the world requirements like that, when we read the scriptures, you know, we we don't get it. We don't understand. What are these details given for? Well, Paul speaks that, Christ died, was buried, and resurrected according to the scriptures. So what we see in the scriptures points to Christ. Amen. And you see that sacrifice which points to Christ had to be consumed. Everything had to be consumed in the frame of three days. Well, actually, Jesus, when he died on the cross, the the last bread he breathed up, he said, it is consumed. It is finished. So these, these three days, everything took place through the, till the day of his resurrection, you know. That's all. That's it. Amen. There is no more sacrifices left or any action required on the side of the Lord. Do you understand that? That with one sacrifice, with one sacrifice, Hebrews says, he has perfected forever those who has been sanctified. Thank you, Lord. We don't need to eat and leftovers. There are no leftovers. It is finished. It is consumed. No more leftovers, guys. In three days, it is accomplished. If something has left after this time frame, it is tainted. You know, it's religion. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Another famous thing and story, First Samuel 5, 2. Uh, maybe I have mentioned this before or preached here. I, I'm not sure, but just want to mention that. You know, the Ark of the Covenant represents Jesus Christ. Amen. And the personality of Jesus Christ. 
the Ark of the Covenant is made of wood and gold, which uh, mixture represents the, the human part of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus together mingled in one, okay? But this Ark of the Covenant, somehow the Bible says in Second Samuel, was caught by the Philistines. Okay, the Philistines were the enemies of Israel. They were wicked people. But we go like, how it happened? How it is possible? It was something unthinkable that the glorious uh, Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the abode of the glory of God would be caught, you know, by the enemies, captured and brought into their land of wickedness. Doesn't make sense, amen. In that day, when the, the ark was caught, you know, by the Philistines, uh, uh, a mother giving a birth to her son, you know, died, and uh, she she named the child with the name Ichabod, which means the glory departed, which means you know, which means with the ark of the covenant, it is the 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 the, the, the sitting the throne of God's glory, it departed from Israel. What is this story all about? It is about Jesus. Do you know that the day Jesus died, was crucified and buried, that the glory departed? Like all the hope, all the faith, all the joyful expectation of the disciples was gone. They were, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they entered into the, the sphere of Ichabod. For them, the glory departed. Their master was taken away and they were totally devastated. But praise God. God is able to take care of himself. Because Jesus said, in your hands. Not in the hands of my disciples. Not in the hands of my church. But in your hands, I am delivering my spirit. Praise God. And you know what? This ark represents Jesus Christ. One day took uh, uh, you know, control over the ark. The Bible says they brought the ark. Listen to this. Then the Philistines took the ark of God. And brought it to the house of Dagon. And set it by Dagon. Dagon is a, an, uh, a mixture of uh, men's stores and fishtail. Okay, it's a false god. It's an idol of wickedness, you know. They were worshipping. So they brought the ark as a trophy in, in, in the temple. When the uh, Ashdodites arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him in his place again. Oh, okay. But when they arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. It wasn't an accident. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. What is this all about? How many days? First day, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in the temple as a trophy. Second day, next day, they enter. What they see? Dagon, you know, face down before the Ark. You know, so they took him back. Third day, they entered the temple. Boy, oh boy, the scriptures have been fulfilled. The Son of Man appeared to, so he may destroy the works of the devil. Not just to stop them, but to utterly destroy them. 
his head and the palms of his hands, you know, cut it off. And Dagon speaks about in that temple, it speaks that Jesus entered into the kingdom of the prince of this world and took control and took the, uh, uh, you know, uh, captives, took captives. Uh, praise God. What a victory accomplished for three days. Why not on the second day? Why he had to wait for the third day? Because it speaks and points to Jesus that on the third day he will rise up victoriously over the enemy over and, and deliverance was presented and given and introduced first time victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm advancing. I try my best. You know, next story, Nehemiah. Isn't that? I, I just want you to give you, you know, the whole picture because it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see it. Now, Nehemiah lives uh, in, in, in a country far from Israel. And he's serving uh, a king, you know. But uh, he belongs to, he, he's Jew, okay. And uh, he has a heart for Jerusalem. But Jerusalem, uh, the, the, the days of Nehemiah is totally uh, brought, you know, destroyed and, and, and demolished and burned down. There is nothing but ruins, Think about this. Nothing but ruins. But he has a heart. And Nehemiah means the, the comforter. Okay? So he asks, he pleads before the king on behalf of Jerusalem. And the king grants him money and protection and everything. He goes back uh, to, to, and he enters into that sphere of being totally demolished and destroyed, you know, by the enemies. And he looks around. And, you know, he takes a journey all around, you know. He stood there. Listen to this. That's very important. Uh, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Nehemiah from that land, totally authorized, equipped, authority and power given to him. He comes to this place. He waited three days. On the third day during the night, you know, he went to take a look all around. And when he realized what's going on, listen to this. Then I said to them, you see the bad situation we're in. That Jerusalem is desolate and its gates, bu gates burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a reproach. God has circumcised the reproach of Egypt from us on the third day. Praise God. We are, come on folks, we are this Jerusalem. We are the heavenly Jerusalem. We are the new Jerusalem born from above. Amen. The church of Christ. Yes, we used to be demolished, burned down, destroyed, and being sinners, you know, and devastated by the enemy. But the heavenly Nehemiah, the comforter, the Holy Spirit was totally equipped, authorized, and sent by God to come to observe and to rebuild and to restore you as a new creation for glory and beauty. You, you see this declaration? Uh, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me. Then they said, listen to this, let us arise and build. That's so, so powerful. So powerful. Once Jesus died and rose from the dead for you, the Holy Spirit was sent. Let us arise, rise up and build up your life, your, your, your history, your, your written with the blood of Jesus as a new creation. 
Amen. Three days, guys. Three days all over the Bible. Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, do you know his story? He got sick. He was ready to die, you know, and God sent a messenger. And the messenger was Isaiah, you know, one of the greatest prophets. And he said, uh, take care of your household because the Lord says you are going to be translated to be with your fathers. So this guy was on, uh, you know, steadfast on, on a bed of sickness. But you know what? He turned, the Bible says, he turned to the wall. He just turned his back to his present situation. That's so beautiful. Why the Bible is using that term? He turned to the wall because he turned his back to everything which was proclaimed, which was declared, which was present, defeat, whatever. And, and he faced he faced another reality, which is called Hesed. Hesed speaks about the mercy, the steadfast love and kindness of God. And he turned to the Hesed of God, his steadfast love, and he prayed, he asked for favor. And you know what? Isaiah was still somewhere on, in his journey when God met him and he sent him back and he said, turn back and go proclaim life and restoration. And now listen to this. Then to turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus said the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. Yeah. On the third day, you will enter into the house of his presence and glory and you will start singing a new song with the string instruments and things like what a beautiful story come on folks we were these people stricken but you know by the grace of god we have been saved and these three days they turn our story upside down you know from sorrow and mourning to joyful celebration of what he has accomplished for us amen oh thank you lord thank you lord Okay, I need to, to leave the, the Old Testament with one more story and give you two stories from the New Testament for the sake of time. Amen. Yeah. One of the most powerful stories for me is Esther. Esther chapter 4. So listen to this. Oh, I love the Bible. And I really believe I will kindle more love and passion into your hearts. I was preaching in a gypsy community uh, in Bulgaria. And they... Uh, it was so powerful. God took over the congregation. One of them was the son of the pastor. You know, he was the, 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 the smallest child in the family. He was very rebellious, you know, and very kind of uh, uh, different in his mentality. That day when I preached the gospel, you know, he fell in love with the Bible. He went back home and he was like, give me a Bible. I want to read the Bible. I want to be like this man. <laughs> it was such a powerful transformation, you see. But Esther, she said, uh, listen, uh, now it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes. And stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms. And the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance of the palace. When the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, she obtained favor. She obtained grace in his sight. You see, they fasted three days. Not four, not two, not five. 
three days appointed for fasting. On the third day, she entered. Where? She entered into, she put a royal robe, a royal apparel, and she entered into the royal room. Isn't that beautiful? You know, Jesus rose on the third day. You know, after this battle, after this threat of death and everything, we were presented miraculously by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. Where? Beside the right side of the Father. We became children of the living God. We have been, the Bible says, you have put on Christ. The royal robe of his righteousness was put on us, presented in front of the Father, and we obtained his favor because of what Jesus accomplished for us. Amen. Okay, just, just a little from the New Testament and I will finish. Okay. First thing. When Jesus was 12 years old, they brought him in the temple. Amen. And uh, he remained in the temple by his own, you know, uh, whatever. Understanding, passion, desire to be around his father's house. Amen. He didn't submit to his uh, parents. So on the way back, you know, they realized at one point that Jesus is not with them. So the Bible says they went back and found him where? In the temple. Preaching, teaching, and admonishing these, you know, rabbis and, and, and teachers of the law. Isn't that amazing? Do you know how many days it took? The Bible says on the third day. On the third day, they found him in the temple preaching and admonishing. Oh, let me ask you a New Testament question. Who is the temple of God today? Who is the temple of the living God, actually? Not just of God. We are the church. Every Christian believer is appointed to be a temple of the living God. And because of what Jesus accomplished for three days, you know, now he is standing in your life, teaching, admonishing, and giving you wisdom, and giving you supernatural knowledge of the things, you know, of the Father and his kingdom. Amen? That's very significant, you know. So, three days after Jesus was preaching on the mountain, you know, he performed one of the greatest miracles. He fed three, uh, 5,000 people with fish and bread. Two, two small fish tacos, you know. He gave them to 5,000 people and fed them. How many days it took? Three days to stay with him. On the third day, you know, boom. And you see, when Jesus, praise God, was resurrected from the dead, he became the bread of life, the heavenly manna, available for us, descended from above, so we may continue gloriously on our journey to victory without fainting, you know, on the way to our uh, heavenly place. Hallelujah. Amen. And the last thing, Paul. Do you remember Paul met God on the road to Damascus? Amen. And he got blinded by the glory. Not There was a song, you know, blinded by the light. But he was blinded by the glory of God. And, you know, he was unable to see. So he went, they took him to Damascus, you know, to the city. And he stood there fasting and praying. Fasting and praying for how many days? How many days? Guess, guess how many days? For three days. On the third day, Ananias entered in that house and he proclaimed new life, new destiny, a new direction. And he said, God sent me 
Paul, Saul, you know, God sent me, the Lord of your father, of our father, sent me to lay hands on you so you may be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. He prayed for him, and the Bible says immediately, you know, something in the form of scales fell from his eyes. His eyes were open. Now he can see. Now he is a new man. Now he has a new life and a new destiny and new direction. And he speaks about us because of the resurrection, the death and resurrection resurrection of Jesus you know when you receive the Holy Spirit God is opening your uh, removing your spiritual blindness from you and giving you a new insight of the glorious revelation of the gospel of Christ and his victory